You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. If you stare too long into the truth, the truth stares back into you, and you find yourself out on the range. It's high noon for Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator and the merch site is cancelcotour.com or go direct to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 244th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. So congratulations, commies! Each and every one of you has attempted to excel in your civic duties by figuring out what all the most important slogans are and memorizing them and repeating them and then going once every four years to vote. Now, I know some of you actually vote in every election. Congratulations. What amazing citizens you are. But most of the commies, they vote once every four years when it gets important on Instagram. And not until then. They need to have that sticker. They need to show everybody, hey, I did my part. And you know what? I did my part for the party. In fact, that's why I'm posting this sticker about me voting 
on Instagram so that you know that I did my part to stay in the party of false decorum and support the Democrat Communist Party, because that is what we are here for. That is what we must do. And that all makes a lot of sense. It seems like the right thing to do. It seems morally right. It seems intellectually right because no one argues with you, at least no one who isn't a no-no person. And we get rid of the no-no people. We take them offline. We censor them. We make sure that they cannot infect our perfect conversation. We don't want any of that no-no information in here. Because once that no-no information starts to leak in, well, then we have to consider that our perfect little Democrat communist utopia might not be anything more than a fantasy and might not ever actually exist. And then how are we going to tell ourselves that that's something to look forward to and something to work for? That's really how the whole system survives, isn't it, commies? You know it is. We need to meet the demands for perfect ideological purity. Or else the whole thing might collapse. Without perfect ideological purity, we might have to consider that things aren't going 100% perfectly as we're told. And then if that happens, what do we tell ourselves? I mean, we have all of the levers of cultural power within the party of false decorum. We have... The media, we have the universities, we have the tech companies, we have the corporations, we have the global health community, we have the science. It's all on our side. We also have the White House, the Senate, and the Congress, and all of the agencies, of course, but we always have all of the agencies. The agencies are there to promote communism. That's why we have to make so many of them and have to grow them so large so that no one can ever be accountable for anything. And therefore, no one can ever be removed for promoting communism. It is a perfect system. But if we allowed different points of view into the conversation, then people on our side, people inside the party of false decorum might start realizing things are not going perfectly. You know, the slave trade on the southern border, the whole Afghanistan thing. The fact that the entire movement is currently devoted to destroying evidence in the 2020 election and trying to cover up the fact that the election was obviously stolen. You know, that whole 10 and a half month long project that is ongoing at this point to convince the people that a man of absolute zero intellectual or moral capacity somehow garnered the most votes in the history of the United States of America, even as his opponent garnered the most votes in the history of the United States of America. That man, the man with no moral and intellectual capacity, the man who has not a single notable accomplishment in 50 years of public life, that man who has done nothing but sell his office for his personal benefit and that of his corrupt family, that man who was mentored by a Klansman somehow went out and watched his opponent get the highest number of votes of all time by far. Even with the fraudulent count 
a full 10% higher than Barack Obama, the most popular man in the history of the world. This man, Joe Biden, who has done absolutely nothing positive in his entire life, who is one of the most evil and depraved and degenerate public officials to ever walk the earth for sure. Which is how he spawned such a despicable son, obviously. This man got the most votes of all time, even as his opponent got the most votes of all time. That's what happened. If we let in any contrary positions, contrary beliefs, in fact, we don't need any contrary memes. No talk of any kind will be accepted. How about that? Let's just make the hard and fast rule. We'll just stick to that. No contrary information of any kind, even humorous, is allowed in or else the whole thing might collapse. And hey, some people are actually starting to realize that this is what's going on. And they're starting to say, hey, wait, I thought that we were just right. Weren't we all doing this because it was because it was right? Like we were told that closing our southern border was racist. But now the people who were saying it was racist are, you know, conducting an obvious slave trade down there at the southern border. There's just rampant human trafficking and child trafficking and drug trafficking. And 80 percent of the women that make the trip to the border get raped on the way. That's a that's a humanitarian crisis. I was told that if I was against that, then I was racist. Oh, hey. We get it, commies. We get it. You got pressured. You have no spine. And you said, okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. I don't want to be racist. That's the worst thing anybody can be. And I have no self-confidence. I have actually no way to assess my own character whatsoever, except in relation to other communists that I see online. Therefore, I will accept that I must have been a bad person to think that running a slave trade across the southern border was a bad idea. And then you silence yourself and you see the images of the slave trade and you pretend it's something else. It's not a slave trade at all, because now you have decided to devote yourself to upholding that slave trade, which means that unless you are a bad person, that is not a slave trade. Isn't that amazing? You can support something totally immoral. And rather than questioning your own morality, since the only way you can possibly judge your own morality is in reference to other communists in the party of false decorum. And they say, hey, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. In fact, don't even look at it. I know you're having doubts. I know it's starting to look like there's some sort of humanitarian disaster going on down there. I know people are calling it a modern day slave trade, but you don't have to you don't have to think about that at all because everybody knows that the slave trade was only black people and only on wooden ships. And is it only black people? No. Is it a lot of black people? Of course, but not only black people. There are also brown people. So this is not a slave trade. Also. No wooden ships. There you go. Not a slave trade. You remember what the definition of slave trade is. This is not that. So don't worry about it. Don't even look at it. And you know what? Me as a member of 
the party of false decorum. You want to impress me? I'm telling you, this is no big deal. Forget about it. Don't look at it. If anybody brings it up, call them racist. Because that's the only reason that someone would be trying to expose this situation. This is just how it is. Those people from down there or wherever, who cares? They want a better life. So they're coming here and we have to let them come here. Because if we don't, well, then that's racist. That's it. And if that whole kind of discussion, that whole brand of dialogue is starting to seem strange to you, Kami, well, maybe you are having the first glimpse of what might become a revelation for you. And I would like to help you make that a full-scale revelation where you realize not only that that kind of conversation is only intended to shut you up and close your eyes to great, great moral ills, but that your silence is what yields your complicity and your complicity is what allows these moral ills to continue happening. That is what you have to understand. And if you're starting to understand that, it's very, very late in the game. But everyone on our side actually wants you to realize that and wants you to make amends and wants you to rid your mind of all of these stupid and evil communist ideas and migrate back to America. We want that, okay? No matter what you've done, well, not no matter what you've done, but... If you've done as much as the average commie and just gone along with this and decided that your attention is not necessary, you don't have to worry about any of this because you have more than enough moral cover. I mean, the media told you to do it. Everyone in your life told you to do it. You can't be blamed. You were just doing what everybody else did. You were just following the data. You were just following the science. You were just following the regime. You were just following orders. You were just following the rules. Nobody could ever be mad at you for any of that. It's not like you're personally going to be put on trial for any of these things that the regime is doing. I mean, that has never happened in history. Not in World War II, not in, oh wait, it did happen in World War II? Oh yeah, people were personally tried for their complicity in these historical evils? Oh yeah, they were. Oh, oh okay. So I guess that, I guess that means, Kami, that you, you might be held personally responsible for the things that you have allowed to happen and promoted under your watch because you were too lazy to find out whether or not they were right or wrong. Isn't that crazy? You could actually be held personally responsible for crimes against humanity because you participated in the crimes. Gosh, now that is the kind of revelation that might make your arm hairs stand on end. Might give you the chills. You might be like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, people are going to know. People are going to be able to go back and see my social media posts that encouraged masking children and injecting children with an experimental gene therapy that is actually in a real-life trial in the real world right now and absolutely not proven safe or effective. You just believed it when they told you and then encouraged it to be shoved into the arms of babies. Yes, you are complicit in a crime against humanity. If you have started realizing that, it is time to figure out a way to wind down. Okay? Wind it all back. Realize what you've done wrong. 
Start to make amends with the people you've been awful to and then migrate back to America, where, by the way, we will accept you. Okay, we know that we need the rest of the American populace in this American project for freedom, for human liberty, the advancement of both of those, the advancement of human life and human progress in the confines of the respect of other people's independence and liberty. We need you in that project, Kami. So what I want you to do is realize all of this, accept it, beat yourself up for it a little bit, but only as much as you deserve. It's going to be an ongoing process, but the migration doesn't have to be. We need your help. We want your help. Well, we don't need your help. We're going to get it done either way, but we'd like your help. We want you back here on our team. And if you are ready to do that, all you have to do is make yourself redeemable. And with that, nothing would make me happier than to extend a warm Tuesday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! Welcome to the show. That was a big one. I gave you a big one. I've had some requests. Everybody knows that redeemable communists will not get it if I only say hello to them quietly. (laughs) That's a big one for you, redeemables. Understand that although my entire show is sarcastic and maybe a little mean to you, a little caustic, it's because I love you and I want to see you rejoin the American project with the rest of us. You just make your amends. And you get rid of the, all the uh, the stupid and evil communist ideas. That's it. That's the only thing you have to do. Okay? Then you are a redeemable communist. And when you start actually fighting on our team to improve the American project and make America once again a beacon of hope and freedom in the world to the point where other countries follow us by choice while retaining their own sovereignty, not under the umbrella of a corrupt organization like the United Nations. Well, that's when you're a full-on American again. That is when your migration has been completed and you have rejoined the citizenry of the United States of America. And that's what we all want. That is honestly what we want, commies. And, you know, truthfully, I don't understand. This is even for non-commies, too. Right. Full on Americans. Again, I know that you guys all get it. I am confused about this in a major way. Right. We have in this country some of the smartest and most powerful people in the entire world. And not all of them voted for Joe Biden, not by any long stretch of the imagination, but almost all of them go along with the central narrative. And I guess in some measure, that's essential to doing business right to functioning in this society at that level. Like there's not a lot of place for people like me at that level. You're going to get destroyed. You're going to get attacked in a way that me on my little level am not going to get attacked. I mean, yes, I had people try to destroy my character and my reputation and, uh, 
and my relationships and my business and my life in Hollywood. But that's all a much, much smaller scale, right? I'm not one of the world's most powerful people by any long stretch of the imagination, okay? But there are some people who are very wealthy and very powerful and run very important businesses that are forward-looking, right? There are people like mining asteroids and shit out there, all right? People that are actually going to have a major role to play in the future. And it is odd to me that the brand of thinking and reasoning that I espouse and that many people like me espouse, that has been so successfully shunned by the party of false decorum that some of the world's smartest, wealthiest, and most powerful people are ignoring an entire realm of thought and knowledge because it's too dangerous reputationally to be associated with people who think like that, right? That's crazy because these people have so much riding on their decisions, right? These are the sorts of people that need to be looking off into the future all the time. They need to be ahead of what's happening now. If you're not ahead of what's happening now, then you will be left behind by someone else who is ahead. That's just obvious, right? If you're first to market with a new product that everybody loves, as long as your product is good enough and you can hold off the competition, well, then your head start helps you win. If the product's not good or if the marketing's not good or your organization's not good or you can't maintain momentum or whatever, right? You can be overtaken by someone who hits the market second. But that head start is a huge advantage. And the same is true for knowledge. And so to me, it is so strange that the wealthiest, smartest, most powerful people in the world ignore an entire realm of knowledge. These people are not planning for the world where Trump is reinstalled in the presidency because they are all told by purveyors of the central narrative that it simply isn't possible. And I know that there are, quote unquote, smart people who believe that it simply isn't possible. And I know that the common understanding is that it simply isn't possible. Unfortunately, the common understanding is often wrong because it's not looking ahead. If it was looking ahead, if it was considering possibilities, including what you might call small probability possibilities, then it wouldn't be a common understanding. All right. The common understanding precludes that kind of thought. But smart and wealthy and powerful people who whose existence depends on looking ahead are also missing it. And that's so crazy to me. Like you must know that there are other possibilities, right? It is not a low probability outcome that the elections are proven to have been stolen. That's not low probability at all. It's happening on Friday, by the way. I mean, it's happened countless times already. But on Friday, it'll be undeniable, even to like people who are genuinely attached to the central narrative. This is infiltrating and penetrating the central narrative. And it has been for a while, which is why over 50% of the country understands that the election was stolen. You can see it in the polling. There's only about 25 to 30% of the people out there 
who will proactively say, and this is even just what they'll tell a pollster. There's more than 50% of the country who's willing to tell a pollster that they understand the election was stolen. There's only 25 to 30% of the country left who are willing to say, yeah, there's no way. It's like not possible that Joe Biden is illegitimate. It's like 70% of the country understands that that is entirely possible. And the more proof that comes out, the more that possibility becomes a likelihood. And the more that likelihood becomes a reality. And it is going to become a reality. Donald Trump asked Georgia the other day to decertify. The president of the United States asked Georgia to decertify. Okay? Not the fake president. Not Joe Biden. The real president. And it's important to remember that Donald Trump never conceded. Donald Trump never conceded. Okay? You got to understand that. Now, whether or not you've read Devolution, which you should read, my friend Patel Patriot has done the work and the research to give people the roadmap of how this is happening, right? Or how it potentially could be happening. And I happen to think that he's right to a large degree and may well prove to be completely right. Donald Trump never conceded, okay? He just told a state to decertify because the evidence is overwhelming. It doesn't actually matter that the corrupt politicians in Washington staged an inauguration. I mean, there was enough about that inauguration that made it look fake regardless. But none of this matters. And Joe Biden gets to go do his thing and pretend to be president, blah, blah, blah. Everybody understands that, okay? We're all aware of what the... Uh, external reality within the central narrative is we can't miss it. It's not like we're fooled. We just also see what else is happening and understand that what else is happening is actually what is really happening. If you choose not to believe the nonsense you're being told by a bunch of provable liars. And so how much longer are we expecting this charade to continue? How much longer until a state chooses to decertify? Arizona is on the path to that. Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania will all reach that point sooner or later. Trump is now putting pressure on Brad Raffensperger to announce a decertification or to start the process, whatever legal process that is. That's what he said in his statement last week. And the leftist media, of course, is freaking out about this stuff. But this thing is coming down the pike. You know what I mean? And for the smartest, wealthiest, most powerful people in the world to be ignoring this as a possibility and to be this far behind it is shocking to me. And part of that is that they have advisors who are as addicted to the central narrative as every other member of the party of false decorum. You know, the people who are thought to be the cutting edge intellectuals in our society, like Sam Harris and Eric Weinstein, have proven to be anything but Sam Harris spent five years having members of the deep state ex-military ex-CIA on his show over and over and over again to perpetuate their anti-Trump narratives. And he did not even realize it. He didn't even think for a second. Oh, hey, uh, maybe uh, General Michael Hayden and James Clapper are not giving me the full story. <laughs> Didn't even consider it. Eric Weinstein couldn't see through election fraud. 
And it took him and his brother a good year to understand that the COVID narrative was wrong. I remember a year ago or so, back before it became impossible to listen to anything else Eric Weinstein had to say, he had this guy, uh, Balaji uh, Srinivasan. I think I'm trying to say his name right. I hope that I am. I'm not trying to insult him. I will now try to insult him. This guy is supposed to be like one of these young finance bros, right? He's got the inside information. He knows what's going to happen. He's going to tell you all about how everything's going to go down. Ooh, I know about crypto. Okay, buddy. He spent his time telling Eric Weinstein about how there would be uh, red zones, yellow zones, and green zones for COVID, and that you would have a vaccine passport in your phone, and you would be alerted not to go into red zones or yellow zones, right? You would just want to stay in the safe green zones. Gave a whole dissertation about contact tracing. Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to that genius guy? <laughs> like, doesn't it matter that your predictions about all of this are just absolutely wrong, like not even fucking close. And I know commies, I know you're like, well, you said Trump was going to win the election. Yes, I did say Trump was going to win the election and Trump won the election and you're going to know it. Okay. And the fact that you had that thought thinking that you're slamming me down somehow is part of the problem. Okay. That is a very, very dumb thought. That's like dunce level thinking. All right. You don't understand the system is being defrauded. Okay. It's being cheated. It's being rigged. And if you are smart enough to understand that, you at least think there's nothing that can be done about it. Again, dunce level thinking. There is no way in the world that Balaji Srinivasan's system is ever going to work, okay? It would take a full-scale military lockdown of society, full compliance or death society, like just straight-up Nazism for his idea to be implemented. And we are not going to reach that point because too many people know that idiots like him are wrong, okay? It's just wrong. It was never going to be right. It was provably stupid at the time. Except everybody listened to people like that. Everybody thought that was smart. These are the sorts of people that are advising the richest, most powerful and formerly smartest people on earth. And these people are getting paid a lot of money to advise those people. And this is the substance of their advice. And none of them are exploring the fact that maybe just maybe the massive movement of people that now encompasses over half the population might be right. What kind of advice are the richest and most powerful people in the world getting? They are not even being informed of possibilities that could change the entire world. Okay. For these people, we're talking about like differences of trillions of dollars potentially in the future. Like whoever is making ClearPass and investing in ClearPass, right? We've talked about Clear a few times. They had a $4.5 billion IPO like a little over a year ago. And that's all based on them being one of the chosen companies to develop 
the uh, health passport, the social credit score passport, the financial passport, all your biometric data all in one place, right? To reduce friction. It's good for you because it's going to reduce friction in your life. All that friction you experience getting from your house to work, to the theater, to the restaurant. All that friction will be gone. (laughs) All that friction, which they will eventually put in place, that'll be gone with the clear pass. Now, there's a whole lot of people that have staked a whole lot of money and a whole lot of the future into that project working, happening, and being successful. And of course, if the election is reversed and the truth about COVID is ultimately known, well, we're not going to need that thing at all, will we? And then that whole fortune collapses. Why isn't anyone thinking about that as a realistic possibility and hedging against that? It's fucking crazy to me, honestly. Hey, rich people, start paying me. I got you. Now, let's talk about the uh, decrepit, degenerate loser who's pretending to be president of the United States right now. He went to the center of global communism, the United Nations, and gave an utterly ridiculous speech. It is nothing more than a series of bumbling platitudes about America's commitment to the globalist project. And you might think, okay, come on. That's like a biased interpretation. It really isn't. I'm going to play parts of it so that you don't have to listen to the whole thing, but go ahead and listen to the whole thing. Not saying it to trick you. It really is what it is. And Joe Biden, of course, I'm not going to talk about the performance the entire time, but uh, he started off again doing the forceful yelling thing. Okay. I think that in his feeble brain, that must feel like confidence. Okay. Like surety, like assuredness that what he's saying actually makes sense and is powerful and is the right thing to say. Now, of course, Joe Biden didn't write the speech and Joe Biden literally could not write the speech. And if you had Joe Biden in front of you and you could pause him every 30 seconds or a minute or so and say, hey, Joe, um, can you just flesh that out for me a little bit? Can you just help me understand that thing you just said? He would have no ability to do that. Okay. And so then it's odd because about 15 or 20 minutes into the speech, the speech is about 33, 34 minutes long, about 15 or 20 minutes into it, his energy level and his screaminess just kind of hits a wall. And then he, he goes down to more of a, a calm whispery thing. He didn't do the full whisper. Don't get me wrong. But it's more like this calm thing until the end where he has to, you know, give it the big finish. (laughs) Someone must have like uh, pressed the button that that feeds more Adderall into his system through a uh, a hidden IV or something uh, that he has under his under his suit jacket. But uh, here we go. Let's listen to some of this. It is a full on presentation of dystopia. And the commitment my new administration helped lead the world toward a more peaceful, prosperous future for all people. Instead of continuing to fight the wars of the past, we are fixing our eyes on devoting our resources to the challenges that hold the keys 
to our collective future. Ending this pandemic, addressing the climate crisis. Ending the pandemic and addressing the climate crisis? There is no pandemic. And you're not addressing the climate crisis, okay? If there is any climate crisis at all, it's certainly not being fixed by anything the Green New Deal proposes. So those two problems, let's just wipe those off the board. Managing the shifts in global power dynamics, shaping the rules of the world on vital issues like trade, cyber, and emerging technologies, and facing the threat of terrorism as it stands today. Managing global power dynamics. That is what the global communists imagine they are doing, and that's what they imagine organizations like the UN are for. They exist to control what nations do on their own and in conjunction with other nations. And if you're of the liberal mind, you think, well, yeah, of course. Like, isn't that what's supposed to happen so that the world can just live as one? Well, no, no. There is no organization of nations that should get to decide what's good for another nation. That would be like getting other families together and deciding where your family should live. Why would they have any say into that? They don't get to decide where you live. You get to decide that. Except not under this system. Understand that that's what this is. It is the same principle at work. Other people get to make decisions for you because you have participated in a system where they get a vote about the most important things in your life. Okay. That's how you find yourself getting injected with an experimental gene therapy you don't want. Okay. Just apply that to world politics. And this is what you have. And then he goes on shaping the rules of the world on issues like trade and cyber. And I think he said terrorism as it stands today. That's an interesting little tag there, because what do you think he means about terrorism as it stands today? Terrorism in our collective consciousness had a definition, right? For people my age, terrorism is mainly something from the Middle East, right? We've had a lot of Islamic terrorism, okay? And who knows how much of that was just the CIA, <laughs> but probably a lot. But before that, you know, there's, there's been terrorism of other varieties, like in Northern Ireland, for instance. You know, it's not exclusively uh, an, a, a Muslim problem by any means or exclusive to the Middle East. Not saying that whatsoever, but... We had a certain idea of terrorism and what terrorism was. Now that definition is being changed to mean people within our country who are not down with the project of global communism. Remember how I talked about last week when they say our democracy? That is what they mean, okay? They mean the society in which they hold exclusive power. That is not, by any definition, a democracy. 
And it certainly isn't the Constitutional Republic of America. Okay, that's what they're talking about, though. He is trying to redefine terrorism. But what he's saying there, he wants to manage the rules of the world. He is in a world council deciding what rules everyone else needs to play under. It is all out in the open right now. Okay, I'm not saying this is new for the U.N., by the way, at all. Please don't think that that's what I'm implying. I know very well that this has been going on a long time. That's the point of the U.N. But it's all out in the open. He wants to manage the rules of the world. They are going to decide what kind of school your kids are allowed to go to. They're going to decide whether or not they get masks. They're going to decide when it's safe to inject them with an experimental gene therapy. And I went through that stuff yesterday, the Pfizer stuff about the 5 to 11-year-olds. They tested a couple thousand kids. They have no idea about what the long-term effects are. And now they've deemed the experimental gene therapy safe and effective for children based on the fact that their antibody measures are roughly the same as they get in kids over 12. That's their standard. That's their sample size. And that's the duration of their testing. And they are going to say that this experimental gene therapy is safe and effective for six-year-olds. All right? Those are the people who are setting the rules for managing the entire world. Indeed, today, many of our greatest concerns cannot be solved or even addressed through the force of arms. Bombs and bullets cannot defend against COVID-19 or its future variants. And that was kind of at the end of an anti-military segment and you know don't want to read too much into that but there has been a global push to take the world security the role of monitoring the world security away from the united states military and give it over to un quote-unquote peacekeeping forces and of course the chinese military because you know the Chinese are the global superpower now. Research UN peacekeeping forces sometime if you want to uh, see how much of a problem the United Nations is. Search UN peacekeeping forces with the word rape or something. To fight this pandemic, we need a collective act of science and political will. We need to act now to get shots in arms as fast as possible and expand access to oxygen, tests, treatments to save lives around the world. A collective act of science and political will. What? (laughs) We need more oxygen. (laughs) Oh, my God. And for the future, we need to create a new mechanism to finance global health security that builds on our existing development assistance and global health and a global health threat council council that is armed with the tools we need to monitor and identify emerging pandemics so that we can take immediate action. A new mechanism to finance global health security. Welcome to dystopia, my friends. 
Hey, commies, this is what you voted for. Do you feel insane yet? Oh, no, you're still busy feeling morally self-righteous and very, very smart, even though you don't know anything. Okay. He then goes on to talk about how through COVAX, the United States has purchased half a billion doses of Pfizer vaccine to give to the rest of the world and over $15 billion of American money to help the vaccine supply worldwide. Now, those might be the same things. It sounded like he mentioned them separately. But if you told me, no, he's actually talking about the same thing, I'd be like, okay. But half a billion doses of Pfizer vaccine, okay? We are now buying a quote-unquote vaccine, an experimental gene therapy that has had basically full saturation of use throughout Israel, and has made the COVID problem, you know, COVID problem, much, much worse. We've bought half a billion doses, okay? A quarter of a billion people could be, quote unquote, fully vaccinated, at least for a few weeks, until they're only sort of vaccinated, with that much Pfizer vaccine. A quarter of a billion people. That is Almost as many men, women, and children as there are in the entire United States, and we are buying them through Pfizer, only Pfizer, to give them to the rest of the world. The slightest bit of vaccine skepticism and vaccine hesitancy might make someone say, oh man, that sounds like they just gave Pfizer a massive payoff And they're going to go ahead and try to exterminate a quarter of a billion people. All right. Oh, did I say exterminate? Is that too bold? It's just going to decrease everyone's immune system well below their baseline so that they will die off earlier from whatever might be killing them. And it's not the vaccine. Okay, I was more accurate. There you go. And he goes on to say that some nurse had told him that she calls it just a little dose of hope, right? He said, he said, we're just going to give the world a little dose of hope direct from the American people. And more importantly, no strings attached. Sounds like he's seeking a casual encounter on Craigslist. At the U.S. hosted Global 19 COVID-19 Summit, I'll be announcing additional commitments as we seek to advance the fight against COVID-19 and hold ourselves accountable around specific targets on three key challenges. Saving lives now, vaccinating the world, and building back better. This year has also brought widespread death and devastation from the borderless climate crisis. The extreme weather events that we have seen in every part of the world, and you all know it and feel it, represent what the Secretary General has rightly called Code Red for humanity. And the scientists and experts are telling us that we're fast approaching a point of no return in a literal sense. Three key goals. Saving lives now, vaccinating the world, and building back better. Are those specific targets what in the world is he talking about 
it's like he just copy and pasted this whole thing from Klaus Schwab's modern version of Mein Kampf called COVID-19, The Great Reset. I mean, Build Back Better is specifically the great global reset. That is the slogan for that. Google Build Back Better World Economic Forum. Build Back Better Great Reset. See how many leaders around the world have talked about building back better. You can go on YouTube and watch Build Back Better compilations and watch every single global communist around the world preaching about how we need to build back better. This is what Joe Biden, the fake president of the United States of America, is going to the U.N. with. He is telling them that the United States under the global communist regime is more than down for the whole plan. He is subjecting, I mean, if he had any power, subjecting the entire population of America to this sort of subjugation. This is what he wants. It is what he is saying, and it is what they pretend that the American people voted for. And it's a code red. Either you do what they're saying or everything is going to end. And this is another one of those moments where it's important to remember that in a sense, these people are telling the truth, right? If you don't do everything they're saying right now, the whole global communist project is going to end. They are at a breaking point. The money's not there. The people are waking up. No one wants what they're selling. And they are at that moment where they are about to have this thing completely slip away. They've been feeling it slip away. Now they need to exercise the most possible power. They're trying to get every single country, every single person on board with the project of global communism because it's slipping away. And if it slips away, how are they going to get it back? Everyone sees it for what it is now, okay? The only way this project works is if they accomplish their goals without all of humanity knowing, all right? If they wanted to accomplish all these goals with violence and, sub and physical subjugation, they could have just gone and done that. It's been very clear the entire time that that's not the strategy. The strategy is making people choose it for themselves so that they don't have to deal with constant uprisings because they simply don't have the power. That's not what the plan is supposed to be. The plan is supposed to be that humans subjugate themselves and that they learn to love. They learn to love their enslavement. They're telling you that all the time. 2030, you will own nothing and you will love it. That's what they want. The goal is not simply to subjugate everyone. The goal is to subjugate everyone with the people liking it and choosing it. And they have they have stuck to that goal. They have stuck to the goal of trying to trick everyone to bring everyone under the spell of the central narrative so that this project actually works. But they failed. And I've said this over and over and over again. It's incompetence and narcissism that they don't realize this. OK, these people are incompetent. They are narcissists. They are descendants of other people who did things. Now they are the redheaded stepchild. They are the idiots. They are the black sheep of the family. And they are trying to get this all done. But they don't have the competence. And they don't have the actual power. They're just narcissistic enough to not realize it. And so they'll keep failing and they'll keep exposing themselves. That's what you're seeing happen in real time. And today, I'm proud to announce that we'll work with the Congress to double that number again 
including for adaptation efforts. This will make the United States a leader in public climate finance. And with our added support, together with increased private capital and other, from other donors, we'll be able to meet the goal of mobilizing $100 billion to support climate action in developing nations. You got that? The United States is going to be the global leader in public climate finance. The fake president of the United States is committing the American taxpayer to paying more money than all other nations toward the project of global climate something. All of the climate projects that they want to pay for all around the world. The United States is going to pay for most of that. Don't worry, guys. We've got this. We're going to foot the bill here because we understand that the climate thing is just so important. And it's not about anything else. It's not about bankrupting normal citizens and bringing the entire world under the global reset agenda. No, we have to fix the sky. (laughs) What the hell is happening here? And by the way, developing nations, according to the Paris Climate Accord, China is a developing nation. Okay, so China would be eligible for the money that Joe Biden plans to steal from American taxpayers and then give to the rest of the world for climate projects. And are you ready to hear him talk about our democracy again? Technologies continue to evolve. We'll work together with our democratic partners to ensure that new advances in areas from biotechnology to quantum computing, 5G, artificial intelligence, and more are used to lift people up to solve problems and advance human freedom, not to suppress dissent or target minority communities. And the United States tends to make a profound investment in research and innovation, working with countries at all stages of economic development to develop new tools and technologies to help us tackle the challenges of this second quarter of the 21st century and beyond. Oh, our democratic partners. What does he mean? What could he possibly mean? And thank goodness, good news. They're going to begin using all of that technological development to lift people up instead of what they're doing right now, which is uh, suppressing dissent. So was Joe Biden telling the truth? No, Joe Biden is part of the regime that is coordinating with tech companies to censor the political speech of American citizens. This is bizarro world nonsense. He is ringing in dystopia and telling us that it's about human freedom. This is 1984. This is literal Orwell just falling out of a fake president's mouth at the U.N. Must also remain vigilant to the threat of terror that terrorism poses to all our nations, whether emanating from distant regions of the world or in our own backyards. So sleep tight, America. We've got it covered. You terrorists. 
One of the most important ways we can effectively enhance security and reduce violence is by seeking to improve the lives of the people all over the world who see that their governments are not serving their needs. Corruption fuels inequality, siphons off a nation's resources, spreads across borders, and generates human suffering. There's nothing less than a national security threat in the 21st century. To enhance national security, we need to improve the lives of everyone all over the world, especially people who see that their governments are corrupt. <laughs> wow. Hey, how about our government, Joe? You're running it, right? I mean, not really, but let's pretend. We have one of the most corrupt politicians in modern world history. Pretending to be president. The fact that Joe Biden is pretending to be president is a sign of overwhelming corruption. Okay? You think Joe Biden doesn't have access to the intelligence that he didn't win the election? You think Kamala Harris doesn't know? You think Jen Psaki doesn't know? We always pretend that somehow the people on the other side, they just don't believe the thing that we see. They don't know what we know. And so we kind of give them a pass. Oh, well, you know, it's that's just the same as, you know, my friend Stan down at the bar. Well, Stan, he, uh, you know, he's a Biden voter. He spends a lot of time on social media. He just doesn't quite get it. Yeah, he's a communist, but yeah, he's just my buddy Stan. He doesn't understand. Okay. Well, you know what? First of all, Stan's a commie. You got to be careful. He's going to turn you into the Gestapo. Wouldn't hesitate for a second and don't convince yourself otherwise. But that's not the point. The point is that Stan might not know. Stan also may well be lying because most of them know at this point. But Joe Biden knows these world leaders know the heads of the U.N. know the leaders of foreign countries know all of these people know that Joe Biden did not get 81 million real legal American votes. There is no chance in hell that happened. And there's no chance that any of these people believe it happened. You think they don't know about the George Soros election apparatus that is installed all over the world. They're just unaware of this being how it works. They all know. They all like it. That's the point. Around the world, we're increasingly seeing citizens demonstrate their discontent, seeing the wealthy and well-connected grow richer and richer, taking payoffs and bribes, operating above the law, while the vast majority of the people struggle to find a job or put food on the table or to get their businesses off the ground or simply send their children to school. People have taken to the streets in every region to demand that their governments address people's basic needs, give everyone a fair shot to succeed and protect their God-given rights. And in that chorus of voices across languages and continents, we hear a common cry, a cry for dignity, simple dignity. As leaders, it's our duty to answer that call not to silence it. The United States is to use, committed to using our resources and our international platform to 
to support these voices, listen to them, partner with them to find ways to respond and advance human dignity around the world. And our first step to advancing human dignity is going to be to hold you down and inject you with an experimental gene therapy. And then we're going to give you universal basic income. You don't need a job. Don't worry about that. Just sit down and watch Netflix. You're not capable of actually, you know, participating in society and doing something productive to help the advancement of humanity. So just sit in the 12 by 12 apartment. We will give you we will supply you with virtual companionship. We will supply you with a screen that works most of the time. We'll have someone bring food over to you now and then. It'll probably taste all right. But the point is that if you just allow us to do all these things without putting up a fight, well, then, my friend, you will have achieved dignity by our terms. For example, there's an enormous need for infrastructure in developing countries. But infrastructure that is low quality, or that feeds corruption, or exacerbates environmental degradation, may only end up contributing to greater challenges for countries over time. Done the right way, however, with transparent, sustainable investment in projects that respond to the country's needs and engage their local workers to maintain high labor and environmental standards, infrastructure can be a strong foundation allows societies in low- and middle-income countries to grow and to prosper. Okay, so I have skipped around in this speech a little bit, but I did not do it right there, okay? Joe Biden actually just asserted that the path toward dignity, human dignity, starts with infrastructure projects around the world, and of course, sustainable infrastructure, a transparent investment in infrastructure. But wait a second. Humans are also infrastructure. Illegal immigration is infrastructure. Opening up the borders of rich nations to allow the citizens of poor nations to come in and take part in the prosperity of the rich nation without doing anything to increase the prosperity of the rich nation. That is infrastructure and infrastructure is dignity. You got it? Put your mask on and sit the fuck down because it's time for your experimental gene therapy. Good luck surviving. The future will belong to those who give their people the ability to breathe free, not those who seek to suffocate their people with an iron hand. Pure Orwellian doublespeak. The man who is still wearing a mask everywhere he goes, even though he's been fully vaccinated is encouraging leaders around the world to allow their people to breathe free. Joe Biden just said less than two weeks ago that he understands people's anger toward the unvaccinated and he needs to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated are the problem. The unvaccinated, they are the domestic terrorists. But what we need to do is allow everyone to breathe free. We don't want them to be subject to the iron hand of authoritarianism. Now strap that person down and inject the experimental gene therapy into their arm. So that we accomplish what we must together 
ending this pandemic and making sure we're better prepared for the next one, staving off climactic climate change and increasing our resilience to the impacts we already are seeing, ensuring a future where technologies are a vital tool to solving human challenges and empowering human potential, not a source of greater strife and repression. Joe Biden's entire fake presidency relies on all of the things he said that he would be fighting against in this speech. That is where we are. Full Orwellian doublespeak. This is dystopia brought on by a bunch of brain dead communists who couldn't see that solving racism by voting for a man mentored by a Klansman is not how the world works. Now, that went longer than I thought doing the UN stuff, but I want people to hear that stuff, man, because it's easy to say, it's easy for me to say, like, this is what Joe Biden's doing. This is what Joe Biden's doing. And I'll show you some Jen Psaki clips and we'll all laugh a little bit. This is what Joe Biden is saying in front of the UN, okay? If you understand the Great Reset agenda, the Build Back Better agenda, then you don't need to question whether or not that stuff is at play. You can hear him say it. Now, this might seem like a litany of liberal buzzwords, the stuff they talk about on MSNBC and in the pages of the New York Times, and you might think, well, this is just what liberals think. No, okay? If you're thinking like that, you are being tricked or you're tricking yourself. You might be aware of the concepts and the language, but you're not grasping the meaning. Joe Biden, as fake president of the United States, is committing our country and its people to the project of global communism for the benefit of the richest and most powerful people in the world. Okay. All the flowery language about helping out developing nations is nonsense. You have to let it go. You have to understand this is bigger than that. He's saying it. It's not a conspiracy theory. They write this stuff out in their plans. They tell you in every way imaginable. They tell you what they're doing. Stop thinking it's crazy to actually listen to them. You believe, Kami, that everybody is just as good and just as smart as you. And so they're all working for a good project, even if it sounds bad. But here's the thing, Kami. You're not smart. You're not good, and you don't know anything. And maybe someday you will. Maybe someday you will wake up and start learning. Many of us have, okay? But right now, you're not a good person. You're not a smart person, and you don't understand what's going on. So to listen to you just blithely say, oh, well, that's not a big deal. This is just how they talk. Okay, well, you're an idiot, and you're talking like an idiot. And I know idiots. That's how they talk. Now, I'm going to try not to go terribly, terribly long in this episode, but there are two things I definitely want to hit today that I haven't got to yet. The first one is the Project Veritas video. Maybe I'll, you know, part two is coming out today. Maybe I'll go through both parts tomorrow and give this some more attention. But 
I want to mention one thing specifically because some of the reaction is like, well, we already know all that stuff like this. We got hyped on this big release of a video and we already know all this stuff. Hey, guys. We all get it, okay? You know the information in these videos already because we talk about it all the time. We talk about it all the time. The people that we need to convince do not talk about this stuff all the time. They hear about it now and then from us and they figure out ways they can disregard it. They say that we are not reliable or that that's not proven or they read some fact check or debunking and they take the word of the fact checker or the debunker because it leads them back in to their feeling of safety about what they know about how the world works and about how none of it could be as bad as we claim. Okay. When they see actual doctors and nurses talking about the things that we talk about and they see those people try to explain away the fact that they are allowing people to die so that they don't lose their jobs. That's kind of a big deal. When they talk about the fact that they aren't reporting the deaths and the uh, vaccine injuries and the adverse events, when they talk about how they're not reporting those and mentioning the fact that this is genuinely a stage three trial that's happening now. That's something people need to know. That's something that they might not have in their face. It might not be tangible for them. Okay. This video is a very big deal. And tonight will probably be an even bigger deal. People need to know that the doctors and nurses out there are doing this. They're denying patients ivermectin, even though it could save their lives because it's not part of the program and they don't want to get fired. They don't want to lose their middle class income. I talk on this show fairly, fairly regularly about the people out there who complain about how long all of this is taking, but don't even speak up in their own lives. They are just complying with everything hoping that everything gets solved before they have to make any sort of sacrifice. Or they complain at length that they're worried about their work implementing a vaccine mandate and then trying to figure out whether or not they will lose their job or comply, right? If you haven't been affected by all this stuff for the first 18 months of it, consider yourself lucky. You have not chosen to stand up and take part in the process of your own salvation, right? You could be saved from that choice if you stood up. You could be the first person at your place of business to say, I am not going to comply and I hope no one else complies with me. And if none of us comply, well, then the business really is at a crossroads. Do they want to lose their whole staff and start over? No. They'll get rid of the mandate. But how do you know you won't stand up? And now we can witness someone expressing this exact sentiment, even when it involves someone else dying. Okay. A person who has sworn the Hippocratic oath to do no harm and to protect these patients is more concerned about protecting her job, even if it costs someone else their life. The doctor doesn't even want to embrace the discussion 
because he's just obviously a full-on dyed-in-the-wool communist. And we're just supposed to look at that and ignore it because we already know that this happens? No. You spread that kind of information around. Some people need to see this to understand that this is what happens. This is really how it is. And hey, it turns out that that's probably not the only place it occurs. So while you're out there saying, trust the science, trust the doctors on television, trust the numbers that say these ICUs are overwhelmed, even though we know the hospital has reduced its ICU capacity by 80% on purpose to yield these outcomes or because they're short-staffed. Everybody's saying still trust that because they don't believe that people can actually be evil, that people in the medical field could somehow just not care about saving lives. You're seeing it in reality. In real life, those are real people saying what they believe. Their patients' lives are less important than their job. Their patients' lives are less important than their political persuasion that allows them to say, despite all the negative reactions, that the vaccine is so important. And we we can't report all this. This is the stage three trial, right? This is how we know whether or not the vaccines are safe and effective. And the reports aren't even going in. The data is not being compiled. Because these people are incentivized to lie about life and death matters. They are incentivized to lie about life and death matters. How many times does it need to be said? They are incentivized to lie about life and death matters. And they are happy to accept the incentive. That is evil in action. People need to understand what this is. Don't diminish it because you already understand it. Okay, this is like an element of of blackpilling. You start seeing this big news and because you're already aware of the substance of the factual stuff contained in the news that you think, oh, that's not a big deal. I've already shared stuff like that before. It doesn't matter. It matters. The information has to go around and around and around and around until everybody gets it. Okay. Or until as many people as we can possibly get on board. Not everybody's going to get it. And, you know, when people are like, well, hey, I sent this to my to my friend and they came back and just said, blah, blah, blah. Like, who cares what your friend said? I don't even know why you guys are still trying to uh, convince people that are unconvincible. Okay, you have already put yourselves out there to them enough and they respond by insulting you over and over and over again. At some point, have some self-respect and stop talking to them. If they don't come back and try to recreate contact with you, then they don't care about you in the first place. These people are telling you every day they are not your friends. They would absolutely turn you over to the Gestapo at a moment's notice. They would not hesitate. They wouldn't think twice. They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jim lives right over there. Oh, yeah, he's talking about Trump all the time. He thinks the vaccines doesn't, don't work. He hasn't been vaccinated. He says he'll never get vaccinated. You guys should go talk to him. See if you can strap him down and get a shot in his arm. And if you can't, well, take him off to the camps. No big deal. You actually think these people wouldn't do that? They report about everybody online all day. You see it with your own eyes. Understand these people are 
who they are showing you they are. And until this fever breaks, they are only that person. However you knew them before, whatever you think they might be inside, this is who they are now. And you talking to them for 18 months hasn't worked. Their reaction is meaningless. They are not going to admit defeat. Okay, there are other people out there who have reached their own personal precipice who actually do need to see and hear this stuff. Focus on them. Focus on making sure the information goes around. Focus on making sure that the person who may have missed the new Veritas drop can see it so that if they have someone in their life who's a redeemable communist, they can show it to them and say, hey, look at this. That's real evil. That's why it matters, all right? It doesn't matter because it's new information than you. That is a result of you being blackpilled and you constantly seeking a silver bullet because you don't have faith in the long run. You need to collect yourself and your thoughts and return to the things you know to be true. Like, for instance, there's no way Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. There's no way that COVID-19 is as deadly as they pretended. And the entire narrative that derives from that lie is a total and complete hoax. It's a crime against humanity. You know those things to be true. You know enough people already know them. That is what you need to have faith in. Okay? The other people can see it too. The job is to find the people who are waiting to be found. And that happens by spreading this information so that someone who knows someone who has reached a precipice can get this information to them. Your judgment that you already know this stuff, so it doesn't matter, is missing the entire point. And so the last thing I want to discuss is the report out of uh, Mesa County, Colorado. This is the Tina Peters thing that we kind of got the first public taste of during the cyber symposium. Okay. Tina Peters is a County recorder for Mesa County. And I'm going to read just the beginning of this report. I've put it up in the info stream. Mike Lindell was talking about it on war room this morning. So there is a clip to an article on Frank speech that contains the report and there is the video of Mike Lindell from War Room this morning. So I would encourage you to check out both of those things because this is a fairly major development in the quest for election integrity. All right. This revolves around a forensic image that was made of the voting systems in Mesa County, Colorado, before and after Dominion came in and installed their quote unquote trusted build. Right. So here we go. This is just the executive summary from the beginning of the report. This report documents initial findings in an ongoing forensic examination of the voting systems of Mesa County, Colorado, used in the November 2020 general election. These voting systems represent a portion of overall election systems infrastructure, and this report is limited to the findings of an ongoing investigation. The findings in this report were prepared by the cyber forensic expert retained to advise the county clerk pursuant to her duties as the county's chief election official as part of the impacted party's legal team. Federal law requires the preservation of election records, which includes records in electronic or digital form for 22 months after an election. Colorado law requires the preservation of election records for an additional three months beyond the federal requirement. 
the obligation to ensure the integrity of elections and that all election records are preserved pursuant to federal and state laws falls to the elected clerk and recorder. This report, the first of several, is based on examination of the data obtained from forensic images of the Dominion Voting System EMS server last used in Mesa County for the November 2020 election. Images taken in furtherance of the preservation requirements of federal and state law. Based upon information received by the clerk's office from various sources in early 2021, the clerk became concerned that the voting system modifications might jeopardize these preservation and other legal requirements under the responsibility of the county clerk. For this reason, the clerk ensured a full backup of election records from the county voting systems, both before and after the software modification performed by the vendor and the secretary of state on May 26, 2021, just six months after the November 2020 election. Okay, so the secretary of state is a Soros secretary of state named Jenna Griswold. All right. She and Dominion scheduled the installation of a trusted build six months after the election. What that does is wipe all the prior information and basically just replace what they can see in the operating system. It erases the evidence of their crime. Tina Peters realized this was about to happen, and so she had the forensic image made. And you see, this is how they compromise people. Because if Tina Peters didn't have the foresight to realize that, then the failure to preserve these records would have been her responsibility. Okay? She would have been the accountable party for that problem. And of course, she could have fought that, and said she didn't know that it was Jenna Griswold's responsibility or Dominion's responsibility, but they're the ones with all the attorneys. So how do you think that would have worked? And so what happens? Well, someone like Tina Peters would have gotten put in the position of having to shut up about all of this or speak up and incur the full wrath of the Secretary of State and Dominion and the Soros infrastructure, the legal lawfare infrastructure coming down upon her. That's a very, very hard position for any normal public servant to be put in. Nonetheless, that's the job they signed up for. Tina Peters actually takes her job seriously, and thank goodness she did this. Forensic examination found that election records, including data described in the Federal Election Commission's 2002 Voting System Standards, this is VSS, okay, Voting System Standards, mandated by Colorado law as certification requirements for Colorado voting systems, have been destroyed on Mesa County's voting system by the system vendor and the Colorado Secretary of State's office. Because similar system modifications were reportedly performed upon county election servers across the state, it is possible, if not likely, that such data destruction and violation of state and federal law has occurred in numerous other counties. All right. If you hear this as anything but, oh, wow, that is a massive cover up of election fraud. Well, then you might need to really examine yourself and try to figure out whether or not you are a communist because any non-communist should understand immediately that this is a massive crime. 
The extent and manner of destruction of the data comprising these election records is consequential, precluding the possibility of any comprehensive forensic audit of the conduct of any involved election. This documented destruction also undermines the conclusion that these Colorado voting systems and accompanying vendor and Colorado Secretary of State issued procedures could meet the requirements of Colorado and federal law and consequently vitiates the premise of the Colorado Secretary of State certifications of these systems for use in Colorado. All right. Got that. Basically, they knowingly decertified these machines themselves. These machines are not legal with what they've done. They destroyed evidence in violation of state and federal laws. And they have lied about the certification standards that these machines are subjected to. Two backup images using forensic imaging methods were obtained from the Dominion Voting Systems Democracy Suite Election Management System Standard Server in Mesa County, Colorado. The first image was made of that EMS standard server in the D Suite 5.11-CO version configuration as used in the November 2020 election. The second image was of the configuration of the EMS standard server in the D Suite 5.13 version configuration following the modification of the EMS standard server by a combined team of DVS vendor personnel, that's Dominion, and Colorado Secretary of State staff. The forensic information provided in this report is presented using screenshots from forensic analyst systems running industry standard forensic software tools. The report includes before and after screenshots from the forensic tool that shows the, difference, the differences between the two backup images. The forensic examination found that numerous log files have been deleted or overwritten. These log files are required to reconstruct the function of, of and events taking place on the voting systems and based upon information provided by legal counsel must by law be preserved by comparing file names in the two images before and after the Dominion update on May 25th, 26th, 2021. Examination and analysis identified a total of 28,989 files that were deleted during a software update. Some replacement of program files and the related content is normally expected. However, the examination found that 695 log and event log files necessary for the determination of election integrity were deleted based upon information provided by legal counsel. Colorado law requires that prior to use in Colorado elections, electronic and computer based voting systems be certified by the Colorado Secretary of State. This certification is based on the system's compliance with the requirements of the Federal Election Commission's 2002 voting system standards verified by their testing by a federally accredited voting systems testing lab. While several iterations of newer voluntary voting system guidelines have been issued by the EAC, Colorado's statutory requirement is for compliance with 2002 VSS, which states election audit trails provide the supporting documentation for verifying the accuracy of reported election results. They present a concrete, indestructible archival record of all system activity related to the vote tally and are essential for public confidence in the accuracy of the tally for recounts and for evidence in the event of criminal or civil litigation. And this is what they have destroyed. They destroyed it for this reason. 
These statutory requirements establish that voting systems are required to generate and preserve as critical to the ability to determine and reproduce the conditions and details of election conduct using these systems, log files of all system functions, including normal activity, connectivity, file and data access, operator and automated processes, and errors. Log files are critical to the ability to detect improper operation, including the ability to detect malicious intrusions, as well as other improper activities and conditions, and configuration changes that could enable alteration of the actual vote count. Assuming this information to be correct, this forensic examination found that a substantially large number of these requirements have not been met. This examination also found the destruction of critical log files has occurred. This destruction is not incidental or minor, but is extensive. The purpose of this initial report is to document these findings and present preliminary evidence demonstrating unacceptable conduct and system defects revealed by the examined images as necessary for the chief election official to discharge her statutory obligations. And that's Tina Peters, obviously. The facts and resultant findings support the conclusions that one, Election-related data explicitly required to be preserved as stated in the 2002 VSS criteria referenced in this section have been destroyed in violation of federal and state law and two, due to noncompliance with the 2002 VSS requirements, these voting systems and accompanying vendor-provided Colorado Secretary of State approved procedures cannot meet the certification requirements of the state of Colorado and should not have been certified for use in the state. Comprehensive investigation is required to determine whether these critical failures are the result of malicious intent or negligence and to what extent systems may have been compromised or subjected to unauthorized access or operation prior to, during, and after election use. That comprehensive investigation is beyond the scope of this report. Subsequent reports will address these issues in detail. Evidence supporting all of these findings is documented in this report. Okay, so that's the executive summary at the beginning. What we have here is obvious crime. All right. They won't go so far as to say that. That's fine. It could have been from something other than malicious intent. Right. Their findings in this specific report are not evidence of the intent of Dominion Voting Systems and the Colorado Secretary of State. I don't have to stick to the evidence in this report, and I can talk like a real person that says, obviously, this is evidence of malicious intent. And the fact that it's happening over and over again, all around the state and all around the country, makes it pretty obvious. They tried to do this in Michigan and then got a court order to make it so that they couldn't put these trusted builds into all the machines. This isn't an unusual occurrence. This is what they're doing to cover up evidence of a crime. And the fact that they're doing it this blatantly and this provably means that they actually fear the bigger crime more than they fear getting caught for this crime. So that should tell you about what the bigger crime is that they are really afraid of getting caught for that. And with that, I am going to end this very long episode. I felt like I really had to bring it today because I was a little tired and a little out of it yesterday. But I want to say thank you to everybody out there who has been supporting via Anchor, which is the best place to support, uh, supporting via Substack, 
whoever is sharing the show, whoever's rating it on iTunes. Uh, I see the numbers going up. I appreciate that truly and deeply. And uh, I want to thank, obviously, everybody who supports the show on Telegram, uh, Patel Patriot and Sean Morgan and people like that. Thank you all very much. Please continue to share the show. It means a lot to me. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time out on the range. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!